Betches Media presents. Will you suck? I'm in. To fix this water problem. Sorry to this man. You can have a hundred people in the room. And I, oh, goodbye, Kyle. At Betches. Rise and shine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of At Betches. I'm Dylan Hafer. I'm Carly Rice. And I'm Sean Kilby. Sean, Carly, welcome to the, uh, to the Zoom round table. Thank you, Dilly. Is, uh, thank you for coming to my Zoom, the new thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Is that going to be <laughs> yeah, the new you know, Zoom jokes? In the Zoom where it happens, whatever. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is why we love You've been Dylan. waiting to test this material on someone. I did, I've heard other people. I didn't come up with that. But, uh, okay. Um, we have some exciting topics to talk about today. We're going to talk about going to live on a cruise ship, which might be a possibility oh, sooner than you think. We have some big controversy with Billie Eilish's shoes. Are they pink or mint? We're going to uh, fight to the death about this. It's Halloween movie season. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Halloween movies and ones that we think are overrated. Uh, it'll probably get heated. And later on in the show, I have an interview with Naomi Smalls, who you know from RuPaul's Drag Race and All Stars. And she has a really exciting one-woman show that is coming out today. So stick around for that. Sean, before we get into today's show, can you tell us what's happening at Betches? Oh, yeah. We got some exciting things. So this coming Thursday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern time, market calendars. Come pregame with the You Up crew right before the shit show of a debate. The debate is Thursday night. But before that, Jared and Jordan are going to be having a lot of fun in a You Up live show. So get your tickets at Betches.co slash You Up live. I'll be there. Carla will be there. Dylan will be there in the audience. We'll all be like chatting it up they're gonna be doing all this like, stuff i don't volunteer to be on camera for that <laughs> on camera, but we'll be around I those shows attend. are a lot of fun it's a great it's a great live show so go get your tickets and then also you can get your halloween merch right now on the uh betches shop so go to shop betches.com slash collections slash halloween technically halloween is still happening this year guys so you can get an ironic t-shirt instead of a costume so this year is like my preferred vibe for Halloween because I can like enjoy the the vibe, but I don't have to do anything. I don't have yeah, to go you never anywhere. Have to leave your apartment. Well, I have a problem every Halloween. The day rolls around, and then I wish I did more. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, this year, that's New Year's Eve for me. <laughs> New Year's Eve, like 4 p.m. I'm like, every, yeah. what's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> they're like, uh, we got our tickets to the exclusive club. Yeah. They're like, I've had yeah. plans since November, but yeah, they're like, well, we paid hundreds of dollars Up for on. our tickets months in advance. Yeah, I, but I'm actually, I think I'm going to dress up this year and do nothing and I'm happy about it. That'll be fine. I'm going to wear my like costume. Like just in your, just in your kitchen? Just in my kitchen. It'll be me. Like as a zombie, like blood spewing. I'll be making one of the like caramel apples in the, in the kitchen, just wearing <laughs> so my, my Marty McFly costume for the fifth straight year. That'll be me. I'm excited to be doing this episode with you guys because people don't know this about us, but this is, you're my lunch crew. This is yeah. my crew, and we never see each other anymore unless I know. on a Zoom. So here we are doing at batches together. After this, let's go get lunch virtually. It's funny. I feel like this year, it's you never think about the fact that like sometimes in the office, the people that you actually you know chill with and like like talking to aren't the people that you work directly with. Yeah. Not that I dislike any of those people, but it's like we you have your little lunch crew, like. We were the, we didn't bring our own lunches. Not my, it's not my journey. It's not my journey either. No, it's not, not one day. Did we ever bring our own lunch? No one planned ahead. The only time I ever brought my lunch was when I had like leftover pizza or something. Yeah. Like I was never like cooking for myself. And then we'd get really upset. We'd be like, you're not going to come to lunch with us. <laughs> I, 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 you oh, take I a pressure walk. people. I am definitely, it's for the walk. The other day I went for the first time in six months to our personal pizza place that we like to go to. And I felt oh like, oh my God, guys. it was great. Anyway, let's get into the topics for today. Dylan, you sent me a story about an unused carnival cruise ship. So can you tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah. So this company called ocean builders, which sounds um, very legit. They're apparently in the, according to business insider, they're in the final stages of obtaining a ship from carnival cruises that would eventually house over 2000 people in its 777 cabins priced between $25,000 and 50,000. And the idea is that they want it to be a quote, crypto cruise ship office for now remote techies, digital nomads, YouTube influencers, startups, and more. 
So basically, they want us to work from home forever, but work from cruise ship. <laughs> this is wrong in so many different ways. I could I could not believe this when I saw. I mean, I believed it. Okay, first of all, one of the things is that we're still in a pandemic, and one of the worst places you could be is a cruise ship. It's, yeah, it's not like you can actually make it into a bubble. If they could do that, the cruise ships would be thriving right now. It's the opposite of that. Like, would you? Yeah, even- cruise ships scare me a little bit in general. And now you're going to make it like a TikTok house, and you're just going to have everyone who's like a rich millennial or Gen Zer on this. Like, that's my nightmare. I'm I'm imagining like you you turn the corner into your cabin hallway, and you just see like shirtless boys doing TikTok dances, and it's 100%. it's really triggering to me. <laughs> Well, the other thing was, this is really being started by Bitcoin guys. So these are like yes. the Bitcoin. I don't even know what these people do with their daily lives and why no. they need to live on a ship together. But what they don't realize is they're going to launch this ship. Maybe they get some TikTokers. Maybe they get some YouTube influencers. But it's going to be be like high school all over again. The TikTokers shirtless dancing are not going to want to hang out. It's going to be like this. a frat party that you can never leave, which is like everyone's biggest fear. <laughs> I do feel like I feel like the target audience of this is people who don't really give a shit about COVID and yeah. are kind of like, yeah, who cares? And they say, like, specific- leave your masks at the door. Yeah. They specifically say if you're concerned about catching quote the flu, they don't say they don't COVID, say which is like, what are you talking about? They say that you can wear masks and social distance and get pre- preventative doses of hydroxychloroquine, which is that like alleged miracle drug that doesn't actually work which has been shown to not do anything they're like we'll give you those hangover ivs you'll be fine like (laughs) oh my god i just we did those in vegas and it was horrible i don't understand people who can't just kind of like sit at home right now chill yeah you're working from home just work from home it's fine yeah also like twenty five thousand dollars like who can afford that? Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, also, okay, I don't, if this were possible, let's say this was possible, that you could have 2,000 people on a ship, I think I would enjoy a cruise. I don't know if I would enjoy a cruise for the next year, but if you can actually one make year? It, I don't know. It's unclear. I mean, it's They're unclear. not saying yet. Everything They're about like, it we're never unclear. coming back to land. Yeah. But if you want this to get is an a, avatar situation, we will see them in 20 years, maybe. If you wanted to just organize a cruise that's going to go for months at a time, you could just do that. I don't know why you would need to buy the ship. That part also doesn't make any sense. But even if this were possible, I would enjoy, you know what? I would enjoy hanging out with you guys for a little while on a boat. That might be kind of cool, but it would get old real fast. Is this First like off, a cult? Sean, you would is never get sick of us. <laughs> Is this recruitment for a cult? Like, yeah. are they gonna this are they gonna the get you? Bow. They're gonna get you on the boat and they're gonna be like, welcome to your new home. Um, over the next year, we're gonna show you how you can unlock your potential. And it really just it, it's like Scientology, like the Sea Org, but like the Gen Z org. Yes. <laughs> Who do you think oh would be God, the most insufferable? This. The techies or the influencers? The influencers. Mm. Because all you'd see was this pictures and then they get tired of the fact that they couldn't have a new background because it's just water (laughs) (laughs) they're like i'm sick of looking at the ocean they're like uh do you have sets for our photos (laughs) dylan i i actually dug deeper into this thing the guy who is organizing this and trying to purchase the boat is this guy who has been trying to start a seafaring community for a long time and he wants to be like outside of the United States or any country's jurisdiction. This is just fire festival all over again. I That's was just going to say that. It it's like all of a sudden you run out of food. Your money is going nowhere. They're handing you like a piece of cheese on two pieces of bread and saying that that's lunch. That's where this would be going anyway. Funny that you should mention fire festival because Billy McFarlane's prison podcast launches today. <laughs> oh, wow. How did you find <laughs> out called, about that? It's called dumpster fire. I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> He's so he's still in prison. Just doing his branding. He's still in prison, and judging from the little preview clip that I listened to, it sounds like it's recorded over like the prison phone, like the audio from really? Billy. Oh my god! But it's yeah, he's telling his story, um, speaking his truth. I have no intention to listen, but if, I love if that they allowed him there. to do this. Well, I guess if you're just like on the phone with whoever, if they record they it, record, he yeah. can just say what I don't know what. We don't need Billy McFarland in 2020. Like, that's the last thing this year needs. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Justin Bieber debuting his new songs on SNL this weekend? 
let's talk about Justin. Okay, Bieber. so yeah, uh, he had two songs. Dylan, what were the songs that he is lonely? Lonely, which is the new one with Benny Blanco, and then Holy, which is with Chance, Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? I like his new vibe. I feel like it's a little more chill. Yeah, I'm into it. I feel like at the be- earlier this year, he put out an album in February, which I feel like I totally forget about. Yeah. He was doing more of the like hip hop vibe, and now I feel like he's kind of dialed it back and is kind of just... I don't know. It's it's like a little Christian-y. I was but just, yeah. The Holy Song is straight up like Christian pop. It sounds like Christian rock. And I'm sure a lot of parents are like really happy with this turn of events. <laughs> They're like, no more, no more. Yeah, we don't want it yummy. <laughs> yeah, I, like what, what changed? <laughs> Marriage really like changed him. L- lonely, I'm really into. I think the song is really pretty. He sounds really good. He's talking about kind of getting famous, so young, whatever. The video is wild because the whole thing is Jacob Tremblay, who's the kid from Room and like all these other, like he's like the little boy actor mm-hmm. yeah. as oh, like preteen Justin Bieber. So wearing that white denim outfit with the purple <laughs> hoodie. And so it's kind of like cosplay. And then at the end, he walks out onto the stage and and adult Justin Bieber is like sitting in the audience watching. And it's like, it's such a strange feeling to be like, oh my God, they're doing like young Justin Bieber. And I vividly remember that time. Like that was, I was already paying attention. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I thought the song is good. And I think that the concept of lonely plays really well right now in this era. But halfway through the song, it turns to just, how hard his life is because he's famous. Yeah. Like, Who is this song for? I don't get it. It's not a broad yes. appeal song. At least the, the money and fame from an early age. Do we think he's happy with his wife? Be honest. Uh, uh, I see ever. <laughs> I think that she is a grounding force for him. I think the reason <clears throat> that he's choosing to do Haley Bieber is a grounding force. <laughs> I think so. I think she's really? as good as he's going to get. Right, he hasn't had any anything go wrong in a long time. I think I think they work together. I don't know if they're like super in love, whatever. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but I think they make sense. Yeah. And I think she's she like obviously she's like insta model, whatever, but she's also very good Christian girl. And I think that's kind of what he wants. She's like his he he wants a wife. And like yeah. when you think of like Selena Gomez or all the other like thoughts that he dated in the intermission or whatever. Why are you bad mouthing Selena Gomez? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, Selena Gomez isn't a thought. He dated no, a lot of it. other. It went girls Selena then thoughts, fight. then Haley. Selena then thoughts, then Haley. Right. I feel like those like he wants like a wife. A good girl. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think I that's reflect. Well, that's where I think that song "Holy" comes from. I mean, come yeah, on. me too. Yeah. Well, he got he got very religious on us for a second. He's still doing he it. To, it's still he goes to Hillsong, which is Hill like song. kind of I know, a I questionable actually, like, vibe. It's like a um, famous thing of my friends that like I really want to go to Hillsong. Like, just I really to be near to... That's no, I just think it would be fun. That's what, like oh, I genuinely it, feel like it'd be fun. And Stephanie's like, "You want to join a cult?" I'm like, "No, I just want to go to one." It's not. I don't think Hillsong is a cult. I just think there are like some questionable vibes happening there. But yeah. that's a whole thing that we don't have time to unpack. We don't have time for that. But we like his new song. Yeah, I like I the know. new song. Also, I thought the, the SNL S- performance was cool. He's a good. I know. I like that good Chance singer. came out. Yeah. yeah, Chance was there. I feel like he's one of those people where I think it's similar to Miley Cyrus, where it's really easy to just like see what they do on like social media or whatever and be like, he's annoying. And but dismiss, like he yeah. is mm-hmm. when it, when it comes down to it, he is a very talented is, musician yeah. and performer. And I think Miley Cyrus is the same way. She's been doing these backyard sessions again, which are like super cool and just like very kind of like showing off what she can do. And I think it's super easy, especially for people like our parents' age to be like, oh, she's that naked girl. And it's like, yeah. no, she actually is like very talented. She has talent. <laughs> I don't know. Another talented singer people are talking about for, for completely different reasons, Dylan. And that's this <laughs> Billie Eilish sneakers controversy. So I remember, I mean, a couple of years ago, how long ago was that now? Over five years, there was the dress. 
the dress that rocked yeah. the internet. Okay, that was five years ago. Yeah. And it, I still, to this day, don't know what color. Dylan's like, I know the month. <laughs> I know the year. I, well, I, I wrote an article about it, which is uh-huh. on Benches.com. So I, I looked it up yesterday. There's a Wikipedia page for the dress. <laughs> oh, there is? That's great. I feel upset. Yeah. <laughs> so how did this Billie Eilish thing happen? She put it all on her story. And yeah. But what what so she, is the, what is the controversy? She's holding up the sneaker that she says is mint and white, and she says that for years she's had these shoes for a while. Her dad would say, "Oh, like those sneakers are really cool, pink and white." And she is looking. Yeah. She's holding up the shoe, which looks pink and white. Which looks pink. She's holding up the shoe, and literally, like, she's like, "Bro, what the fuck, like." pink and white are you kidding me and, and she put it on pe- her story and they all voted for pink like right all- and so then she <laughs> continues to go on her story and is like spiraling at this point because she's like <laughs> pink and white yeah she was upset and then she posted a screenshot of like sneakernews.com of what the actual shoe is and it is definitely mint and white but something about her lighting maybe it's faded i don't know the shoe looks pink in the stories. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it does. Okay, no, Dylan. All right. So, and I, I read your article and- Thank you. Dylan, I'm going to read your, your words. You said, okay, okay. you're going to tell me, to- look at this video and saw a mint shoe. If that's you in the comments, stop lying. Dylan, I'm looking at the video and I see mint and white. No, you don't. I see mint and white. And I'm going to, you have a computer in front of you, Dylan. I want you to pull up the video. I want you to pull up Billie Eilish's video and I'm going to show you the mint and the white. The part that you think is pink is the white part. And the part know, you think is white I is the that. mint part. And if you just Sean, look you are at blatantly the, lying. That video no, I, only looks I can, pink. I can see the mint. It's mint and white. This just dingy white. It's not okay. pink. So you it's don't It's not okay. mint. I can under I understand that it is not pink, but you're telling me that you don't think it looks pink. Now all I can see is mint. I can't, I just, and, and white. I don't see pink I need anymore. to. I need to go into your brain for a second and need to know what colors you see on a daily maybe, basis. Maybe this is what it felt like though. Cause I always knew the dress was black and blue and it was, we found out for sure mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is what I felt like when people would tell me it's white and gold, it's white and gold. No, the, the, the dress is white and gold. And I was like, it's not, you are wrong. Dylan, when I first saw the dress, it was blue and black. And then f- somehow it flipped for me. It became whatever it was, white. It's like and an optical gold. illusion. And I couldn't, I couldn't see it the other way anymore. It was white. Now I, I now am capable of seeing both because I'm great at colors, and everybody knows that about me. But I looked at the <laughs> sneakers, and they looked mint to me. Okay. The white part. Okay. Well, you're looks wrong. Pink to you. Hey. And the mint part okay. looks white to you. Sean, you can be wrong. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am, said mom, I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable. And it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. Let's talk about Halloween movies. First of all, it's very exciting to some people. I don't personally really care. They're doing a Hocus Pocus reunion special. It's like a a special. It's it's for charity. Um, Bette Midler organized it. The three sisters are all involved. It's, I believe, on the 30th. Um, so you can buy tickets to that. I think they're like $10 or something. Yeah, I think they're 10 But I feel like Hocus Pocus, 
it happens every year, but I feel like especially this year, there is so much like buzz around it with nostalgia happening and everyone's at home this year. I feel like I can't escape this fucking movie. Oh my God. It is totally taken over. I, I think Halloween season has. I feel like in general though, reboots like this just don't do it for me. Like I could, it could be the biggest, like the best reboot yeah. ever, but if you're not going to do it right or like put it out as like a movie, like sex and city movie or something, I'm like probably not going to care. Yeah. It's no. hard because it's like, it, it would be one thing if they were like, we're making Hocus Pocus too. Like that would that be, would be cool. cool. But I, at, definitely at this point in quarantines, the idea of like the cast of something getting together on Zoom is not that exciting to me. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of that. I agree. I think if you're you gotta you're gonna do a show, it's gonna be like a real live show. Although I did watch I think good- they're together. Like they're doing something together. They're doing something together that we're cool. watching. Like it's not yeah. like they're just sitting on Zoom talking, but still. But Sean Penn put together a table read for Fast Times at Ridgemont High a couple of weeks ago, and it had yeah. all celebrities, nobody oh, from yeah. the original cast. And honestly, it was kind of great. Was it fun? Brad and Jen, Shia and LaBeouf. Jen. And it was it was uh, narrated by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> he was That's so funny. Fun. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But so what we're talking about today, we have a Halloween movie bracket that was put together by Sarah Levine. You can find I made it. it. Oh, oh, sorry. Let me take that all back. It was designed I, by Carly I, Rice. I said Sarah, this to Carly, Sarah by made the way. It. No, yeah. Sarah gave me the movie titles, but I designed it. Oh, I don't want to take an credit. Amazing job. So the Halloween movie bracket, <laughs> you can find it at NATC pod if you want to check it out. By the way, I screenshotted this and then sent it to you, Carly, as if you had never seen it before. Not realizing <laughs> you made I know. This. You literally go, This is the bracket we're doing. I already know which one's won, Sean. Like, we did a great I, job like, on it. Carly's like, I have the illustrator file, but thank you. I d- you want me to pull it up? <laughs> so I wrote those uh, out. We have 16 movies that were on the bracket. And I I think we can have some, I would like to quibble with the selections, but I think the 16 are all pretty solid. Um, and once again, the, the selections did not come from me. I haven't seen all of them, but I feel like I've seen enough that I can like pick some favorites. I've seen all but two, so. That surprises me not. I could spend five yeah. hours talking about this. We're gonna just going to breeze through it quickly. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell the listeners, if you can't, if you haven't, gone to add an ATC pod yet to look at the bracket. I'll just tell you what's on it. So, okay, we go. Starting with Hocus Pocus is up against Halloween town. I mean, that's an interesting showdown. We got scream versus Carrie nightmare on Elm street versus Halloween nightmare before Christmas versus Beetlejuice. I like all of these pairings. They're all pretty close for me. Um, I got the shining versus the sixth sense, the exorcist versus poltergeist. That's the only one where I, I think they're pretty different. Casper versus double, double toil and trouble. And then it versus Friday the 13th. That's very different too. Those are like probably the most different. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Is there anything? Are we talking your- it like the recent one? I think we Listen, are. It I wasn't specified to yeah. me, but I don't think either like, of them yeah. are good. The original is a mini series, I think. So I don't even think that's a problem. I think I, I just it. don't, I, I don't like it. it. I just don't, I don't like it. I don't care for it. So Dylan, which one do you, would you add or take away if you had, but right off the bat. Okay. So <sighs> one of, I don't, obviously like what, what you say is a Halloween movie is like a little bit arbitrary. Like some of these are just horror movies. They don't have to be yeah. like about Halloween one of my favorite movies of all time, which is nowhere on this bracket, but I feel like would deserve a spot is Death Becomes Her. I just watched that for the first time this week. Meryl yeah. Streep, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis in a very um, against type role. Very I would say. against type. Great movie. I, I is actually it Halloween just, themed? Not at all. It's, oh. <laughs> I think it would. It's like it's Halloween. Sh- it's Halloween sh- like schlocky fun. Yes. Right. It's like, yeah. I feel like it's in the same vein as mm-hmm. like. Hocus Pocus ish. It's got the tone of a Hocus Pocus. Is it like campy? Yes, it's well, very okay. campy. Well, it's as it's as Halloween as Beetlejuice is Halloween, which I still so I agree with you on that because Beetlejuice okay. is similar in tone to like a Nightmare Before Christmas or a Hocus Pocus, but it's not a Halloween movie either. So okay. yeah, so Death Becomes Her would be my first choice, but okay. of this list, I th- I mean I don't think there's anything that you know is like a. Atrocious inclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now I would go so far as to say there are probably horror movies that could have been included. 
but didn't make it. And that's like, now you're quibbling over which horror movies you really like. Right, right, right. I, there one movie that's not Halloween and not horror, but feels like it should have been on this is the Adams family. And I would suggest Uh, Adams family values and Adams family values, both amazing movies. If you haven't watched it recently, I think Adam's Family is on Netflix right now, and it's amazing. Like, Adam's it, Family Values is like one of my favorite movies. I'll watch that any time of year. When the kids go to camp, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like so good, nonstop fun. So also, that's though, the one I would like. Add. Young Frankenstein's not on here, and maybe I'm just like a nerd, but like I love Young Frankenstein. I mean, it's black and white, so a lot of people I might lose them on that, but like that's also a really good Halloween movie. Yeah, I mean the one. So here's what I thought of when I looked at this list is. There are so many good horror movies that nobody is clamoring for more Halloween-y movies. However, Hocus Pocus has proven that there is a huge appetite for Halloween-specific films that you can go revisit every year. Or is there just a huge appetite for, like, nostalgic Halloween movies? That's a good question. Because it's really just Hocus Pocus. But it doesn't matter if it's nostalgia or not, because I think Christmas rolls around and you start watching movies that you would not rewatch. Yeah, that's true. And so I think people want more elf-style movies, and Hocus Pocus has become the elf of Halloween. Like holiday-themed movies. Holiday-themed. And so on Netflix right now, there's a new Adam Sandler movie called Hubie Halloween. And yeah, I, yeah I, and I, watched, I didn't watch it. I was just going to bring it up. I watched it. Well, rate it. Just rate it. It's horrible. And I love every <laughs> minute. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a 2 no, out of 10. No, it's not, Sean. It's, it's a 2 out of 10, unironically. Unironically. But if you so just. like, it's the best because it's the worst. I love those Because is Hocus Pocus actually good? No. No, it's not. I just watched it last night to do research for this podcast. It's a children's movie. Now, it is a very good Halloween holiday children's movie. It's fun from beginning to end. The acting is actually pretty great. So it is good, but is it a good film? No. There's a difference between a movie that knows what it's supposed to be and serves its purpose very well and a movie that is qualitatively a good film. Yeah, I don't think Agreed. Focus Focus was like, this will win us the Oscars we no. need. It's like, I think they were just like, we're, we're going to have fun with it. <laughs> Whereas like, Halloween is a good fucking movie. Yeah, that's, that's exactly amazing right. Well put, very well put. You watch Halloween or actually, I just rewatched Scream. And oh, me I too. Scream, Scream is, is good. I just rewatched it's Scream 4. And See, it's this, right. so Scream, good. Scream, Scream 4 was good. Sean, I love all the Screams so much. I have them all on DVD, like just in case there's like, they're oh, not on streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love them so. I know. I think the first screen movie is very self aware. It's so like meta and funny. Very meta. Very meta, which is early on the meta train. But I think that that movie you watch it and you come away going, oh, that's actually like a good movie. Whereas nobody's watching Hocus Pocus and trying to convince somebody that this is like great cinema. But who cares? Like, oh, you're going to have a great time. Just watch. Just have um, a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Scre- I have to say, Scream, uh, Courtney Cox, Gail Weathers, gay icon. Why is she a gay icon? Her matching like pantsuits are enough. Oh, she just is. Her little mini skirts, her hairdo. Uh, Her her frosted tips in like Scream 2. I mean, she really goes through the fashion choices. Also, we see her. That's where I think that's where she met David Arquette. Yeah, it is. It is. When you play Dewey with that sweet mustache. Yeah, Scream will always win for me. We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with Base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with Base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker, and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it, too, from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Um, okay, so let's just go through the bracket real quick and pick our first round winners and then we can like say what we like. But between Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town, I have to admit Halloween Town's one of the only movies on this list I've just never seen. Yeah, Hocus Pocus Same. wins. Yeah, I think Halloween Town, I did look it up. So it was just a Disney Channel movie and apparently debate rages on about which one is better. But I think that Hocus Pocus just takes the crown. Yeah, I agree. The fact that we barely know what happened in Halloween Town shows us that Hocus Pocus wins. In terms of like iconicness, you can't eliminate Hocus Pocus in the first round of a Halloween. You can't do it. By, By the way, I have some fun facts for you about Hocus Pocus that I learned this year. One of which is that it was released in July. Because it was a Disney production and they had another movie from this list, Nightmare Before Christmas, coming out at Halloween. Oh. So they didn't want to put both movies out at the same time. No wonder Hocus Pocus became a cult hit after the fact. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Whereas, yeah. Um, Scream versus Carrie. I I I do feel like I don't want to like shaft Carrie because we've talked about a lot about Scream and Carrie is a great movie, but if I was going to choose one to sit down and watch tonight, I would pick Scream. Me too. Uh, of course. Also, Me Carrie too. is just like trying to go for like the shock value, whereas Scream is like so well thought out that it's so different. Like Love Carrie Sissy just really Sp- wanted to creep you out. Love Sissy Spacek, though. I hope she's well. Um, and by the Nightmare- way, there, there was a there was a spinoff uh, or TV show of Scream, but I, I, I think there was. An I watched it, Sean. <laughs> No, I know, but a couple of months ago, they, they announced they're doing a Scream, Scream reboot 5. movie. Yeah, yeah, but Wes Craven died. He, I think he did Scream Four, and then he died. Oh. So they're I'm doing, really curious how it goes. They're doing Scream Five. It was big news because they it had kind of been in the works for a long time, and recently Courtney Cox announced that she is returning for Scream Five. Oh my so. god, this is so exciting! Yeah, also, I, like. I, Courtney. Nev Campbell, <laughs> the chaos. Gil Weathers, top story. <laughs> but like, is Sydney just gonna go through this for the fifth time? They're like, hey, you're no. on your second book is. tour, or now it's her movie tour, or whatever. It's like with all the stab movies, it's like, what are we gonna do different this time? Like, okay, the but thing I'll, is, I'll watch it. Segueing into the next section of the bracket, yes. She is Sydney is just meant. This is her destiny, much like Laurie Strode She's in a Halloween. Final girl. Her whole her life's work is fighting Michael Myers. Right. Correct. And we right. have two more Halloween movies coming out the next two years. I don't so. really I don't I like the original Halloween. I don't really care about any of the sequels. Although people said that the reboot that had uh Yes. That was good. Yeah, it was pretty it good. Was. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to that. watch that one because then Kyle Richards is in the next one, reprising her <laughs> role from the first movie after like 40 years. Wow. That's incredible. No, Halloween is gonna be one of the best movies like on this bracket it just already wins it's scary it's good like it's Uh so old and it's still really good and it's still really scary i rewatched nightmare on elm street last year good movie super scary i was one of the scary definitely the first scary movie that gave me nightmares in my entire life but halloween is the one that actually is a cross-section between the actual holiday and scary movies and it's the only one the music is so good too so halloween wins that one Halloween, Halloween wins. And then what do you guys think between Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare this Before Christmas. This is tough. I'm not a big Nightmare Before Christmas guy. It's just, be- uh, yeah, it's a little bit more exciting. Wait, Dill, didn't you see Beetlejuice on Broadway? <laughs> yes, I saw Beetlejuice on Broadway. It was great. It was fun. I remember. So this is going to be tough for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's Beetlejuice going away. It's, you know, we have a tale of two Tim Burtons here. 
I'll say, I think Beetlejuice, just because I'm not really into the animation. I just think Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie. I don't even think of it as a um, Halloween movie. So what are you going to do? All right, Shining versus Sixth Sense. The Shining. The Shining. That's funny that you guys say that because I think The Shining's a better movie. But I see, Of course think, it is. I think of the type of horror movie that The Sixth Sense is, is more Halloween-y to me. Like The Shining to me is the just Shining's a thriller not, it's movie. It's just a winter movie, but it's much better. It's not the sort of when I, here's what's happening in my household this time of year. We're going through all, we're going on Freeform. We're checking out all the <laughs> Halloween. We're going not up, Freeform. We're, Hulu, we're doing Hulu. Not Freeform. We're doing Netflix. We're doing all the Halloween movies over there. But I'm looking for ones that get me in the Halloween mood and The Shining would never be one I, of the movies I watch. I agree with that. No, but it's going to get you in a mood. I agree with that, that it's it feels like more of like a cold, like winter night. You're mm-hmm. it, you're under a blanket. Maybe it's snowing outside and you're like, let's watch The Shining. Yeah, it's like February. It's like a Sunday evening and it's getting dark and you're like, let's get into it. Let's yeah, watch The let's Shining. Let's get into it. The Exorcist versus- I'll watch that though like once a year. Okay, you guys went The Shining one though because you guys both voted for it. So The Exorcist okay. versus Poltergeist. These I think are different. Um, I don't think Poltergeist is really that scary, but it's fun. Full disclosure, I haven't seen either of these movies. Sorry. Okay, you can you can name just based on what title you like more, Dilly. <laughs> the Exorcist is a movie that is so scary that I couldn't. I had to turn it off. But so I really? never tried to finish it. Yeah, but I was a kid, okay. so I never I never went back and watched. That was it. me the first time I watched Silence of the Lambs because I was like eleven, and they just thought that that was chill for me. Um, I had no supervision. <laughs> Great. So um, the shine. We're past that. Um, I think The Exorcist wins for me because it's a little more iconic, like a little yes. bit. It is. I think it's widely regarded as the maybe the I, best scary movie ever. So maybe it just wins, you know? Shawnee, you got to watch it again. It's not that scary. I keep seeing Poltergeist pop up on Netflix and I just like haven't clicked it. I'm like, eh. It's very spielberg yeah, well, What's even creepier, like if you look into um, Poltergeist, so many very creepy things happen during the filming of that movie or like right after. So yeah. that's what makes it creepy. That's the shit. And, like Carly a lot of people died on set. Yeah, I'm dead. I mean, <laughs> like, like I'm not going to know that. <laughs> Um, okay, next up, Casper. So wait, who wins? Exorcist, right? Yeah, that's going to win. Yeah. Casper versus Double Double Toil and Trouble. Now this feels maybe like, I don't I wasn't in the meeting where we came up with the bracket. How did Double Double Toil and Trouble even get on? I this? didn't come up with the titles. I just I, designed it. Okay. <laughs> the meeting so, was Sarah by herself. I did my research for this podcast and watched both of these movies for you guys. Casper, I watched the Sean, other day. no one made you do that. <laughs> Nobody made me do it at all. Uh, that movie- <sighs> Holds up so incredibly well. Casper's like an old character, and then they made a movie in the mid '90s with um, God. What is her name? Help me out here, Dylan. Who's the main girl from Casper? She plays Wednesday in the Adams Family. Oh, uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci is an amazing. She is an amazing <laughs> child actor. She is so she good is, in yeah, a both of those is. movies. Casper, we I rewatched it the other day. It's legitimately a good movie. Like, I mean, it's 90s dumb kids movie. Double Double Toil and Trouble is a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie that came out in 1993, I want to say. It was their second movie. Okay. They became like billionaires because of these essentially straight to Like VHS movies. Like paint by numbers. Paint by numbers. And I watched the first 20 minutes of it yesterday. Not bad. It's on Hulu right now. It's fine. I get why it appealed to little white girls in the 90s. That's what it was. What if it was Casper and like um, Ghost... What is it? Ghost Ghostbusters? <laughs> like Go- forgot the title. Well, if Ghostbusters had made it on here, Ghostbusters, I think probably. that would be harder. Right? Casper feels more Halloween-y though. There's literally a Halloween yeah. party in Casper. So I think Casper should win this one. You know uh, what else they didn't add? I agree like with Harry Casper. Potter. There was no Harry Potter on here. I guess that would have just been like a different category all on its own. Yeah. But like I think Harry that Potter's would be like a, Halloween-y. I think there are moments of it that are, but there's no like Harry Potter Halloween movie. That's true. Because it's all yeah. like a full year. Although I yeah. watched the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So would I. The thing with Mary-Kate and Ashley for me is that I could watch that like if I was with a few friends and we like wanted an activity, yeah. I would watch one of those. <laughs> like a drinking but, game maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or like just, you know, like a re- a night in and you're like drinking mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. snacks and whatever. Like, but you it's know like, what this wine goes with? A Mary Kate Nash. <laughs> I don't, I, I know some people do this, so it's not like, I'm not like judging you, but it's like, those aren't movies that I would just sit down and watch myself. American like by yourself, not ironically, just because you need some background noise. Like, 
No, I agree. I actually, the one thing that struck me, I, do, I don't really suggest spending your time watching Double Double Toil and Trouble this holiday season, but I will say I was struck by the fact that they're kind of well-produced because they made them themselves. They were like straight to VHS movies. It's not, it's not that bad. It wasn't that bad. But Good it, for them. It stands, it really is the closest thing to Hocus Pocus in the sense that I'm wondering if somebody wants to put it on this list, is it pure nostalgia? In this case, the answer is yes. With Hocus Pocus, yes. it's a little more challenging. The last one yeah. on the list, we have It, which is recent, by far the most recent. And then- Well, you could do either, I guess, because it was not specified to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that three- Yeah, the recent one. Made it on here. So the, the recent It versus Friday the 13th. Do not do any Friday the 13th remakes. Please give it the courtesy it deserves and make it the older one. So the the it that came out in like 2017, I think, I actually liked that movie. I thought it was, I liked the vibe of it. I thought the kids were good. I liked Jaden Martell, whatever. I really didn't like the second one, chapter two or whatever that came out last year with the adults, with, with Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader. I thought the casting was good, but the movie was fucking dumb. And it was like two hours and 40 minutes long. And the whole last hour was just a mess. So it kind of ruined it for me. I just, uh, you you guys know I love my horror movies. I love my true crime. Like, I would never just sit down and I'm like, I get it. I get what they're doing. But like, this isn't scary. It's not realistic. I don't need to see the clown that doesn't scare me. But like Friday the 13th does because it's like kind of real and it's like, old and i can't even speak it's old She's and so creepy. scared she can't even get it out like literally i'm getting emotional like my voice is cracking but like it's old and creepy there's also like a really interesting ending like that's just like pure horror i was at a bar and friday the 13th was on and we just all stopped what we were doing and watched it like what nothing will do that I, all the bars I go to play double, double toil and travel. So it's not as scary, mm. but yeah. So if we were going to go through the whole thing, I think my finalists, if I could pick my two finalists, it would be Hocus Pocus. Cause again, I did just rewatch it and I enjoyed every minute versus Halloween. I agree. And the reason is because they both put me in the Halloween mood, but for very different reasons. Okay. And then whatever your pick is, is really whether around Halloween you want to be scared or you want to go trick-or-treating. Yeah. Right. And I'm, a, I'm basically a child at heart. I probably just want to go trick-or-treating. I just want to watch Hocus Pocus. It's the nostalgic part of it. Like, what is Halloween if not, like, just remembering your childhood of, like, dressing up and going trick-or-treating? So that's why, like, Hocus Pocus stays so strong, you know? I agree. I feel like Halloween and Hocus Pocus. Yeah. What do you think, Dylan? I agree about Halloween. I mean, how can you not? It's it's called Halloween. Um <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm not like a super big nostalgia person. I I am sometimes, but it's hard because I didn't watch Hocus Pocus when I was a kid. So for me, it's kind of like, I I get why people like it, but it will never be a thing for me. So I'm like, I don't know. I'd rather watch something good, to be honest. I totally respect that. I think that the great litmus test is like you watch, like with any children's movie is... You, if you showed it to an adult who had never seen it as a kid and doesn't have that nostalgia, if they sit through it and they're like, that was a good movie. Like one movie that I grew up on was The Sandlot. And I yeah. think oh, you yeah. show, that's a children's movie. You show it to an adult now and they go, that's a pretty good movie. Like it's actually kind of funny and it has cool mm-hmm. scenes and it's not like kitty. You show somebody Hocus Pocus, they're like, well, it's a Disney movie. However, it's a good Disney movie. Well, I saw Hocus Pocus like one I saw it like one time when I was a kid. So yeah. like, I didn't really start watching it again until like a couple of years ago. And I was like, this is okay. still fun. Like, this is yeah. still stupid. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we had this spirited discussion about Halloween movies. Go watch Hocus Pocus or Halloween if you feel so inclined. And stick around to hear my interview with Drag Race superstar Naomi Smalls. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. 
Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Betches20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code Betches20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's and use code Betches20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betch's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E.com, that's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. We are now joined by the one and only, the lovely Naomi Smalls. Naomi, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Betches. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. How how's it going? How is, you know, we're in like month, I don't know, eight, seven of quarantine times. How how are you hanging in there? I'm I'm definitely doing better. I thank you so much for working with this like rain checking schedule. I was I finally got bit by the bug, the virus that we know as COVID-19. And I was like definitely having a few days of hell. But um Honestly, I've had a lot of like proactive, um, fun projects happen during this like quarantine, and I've never really been home this much. So it's a new era, I guess, of drag. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you're usually touring a lot, out performing. You've been spending some time in Vegas in you know recent times. So has it been has it been nice to kind of have a little more time to just you know be at home and work on whatever you want? It's definitely nice to have like that option. I am such a workaholic though. So I love that distraction of um, dealing with emotions and (laughs) (laughs) real life and not just laughing and wigs. Um, But I definitely think that everyone through this has gotten to know themselves a lot better. And I'm a huge pro of COVID. And it's been nice to put that like newfound realizations into my work i feel like back in march and april there were some days where it's like i am so miserable right now i would kill to have any plan on the calendar and now it's like a little more settled like you know we're making shit happen it's not like so depressing as it was six months ago i feel like in the beginning it was low-key kind of i mean i don't want to say this word because i mean pandemic you can't say that word. of course kind of exciting in the way that we were all trying to figure it out and deal with it. But right now it's almost like, okay, the clock is ticking. I feel like I kind of lost a year low key as far as to see like my regular routine and schedule and have the option to like travel. But um, definitely people are making the most of it. And I'm like really proud of like the art community for like not letting this pandemic get to us and, Absolutely. 
pigeonholed us into like taking a job where we're like answering the phone all day. <laughs> can you can you walk us through the beginning of this year? Obviously, you had the Vegas show going on and kind of the timeline with that and then what it was like when you realized that things were going to be shutting down for a while. Yeah. Um, so the very beginning of the year, like January, I started. Uh, I moved to Vegas from L.A. and I was there I signed on to do the Vegas residency for the whole year of 2020. So I was like mentally prepared and wow. like, uh, like I was super excited because I've never really been in a place that long in my life. And I have faith yeah. and I love Derek Barry. So I was <laughs> really excited of a year of Derek. <laughs> um, but then like towards March when everything was starting to shut down and the show was definitely gonna go on hiatus and we had no idea. Um, I knew that I definitely still wanted to continue doing drag. I just need to figure out like how I can make it a career still without having to like break my back on stage. Right. Uh, so around like week three into quarantine, I definitely feel like I got the motivation to like finally tackle the show that I've been really wanting to do for a couple years. And that's, the Smalls World show, um, which is my very first like one woman show that's like fully directed and created by me. So it's it's been like a definitely a different process, but I'm loving the independence of making um, art that I can feel like I can really tell my story or like feel have like yeah. Watching the first part that came out earlier this year and the second part comes out today, if you're listening to this, we'll get into where you can find it later. The first part, it starts out with you reading this message and you say, it's my drag on my terms. And I feel like that's, it's, it's so, you know, like important for you to get to do that now because we've, we've seen you on Drag Race, obviously All Stars and, you know, touring and doing all this stuff and people love you and you have so many fans and stuff but it's it's really cool to be able to have that outlet of it's truly what you decided you wanted to do and how you wanted to direct it and putting it out there in the visuals and everything like that it's, it's exciting yeah and i i honestly like when i hear back like i'll watch the first episode or i'll look at like a press release that came out for the first episode and i see that um quote like it's my drag on my own terms i never wanted to seem like i'm like ungrateful at all for like what because I know no one would know my name or no one would stand in line for me if I wasn't for RuPaul's Drag Race. I know no one would like know who I was the way that they do now if it wasn't mm -hmm. under. So, um, but in that same vein, what I love to like tell queens who are like stepping into this franchise or stepping into this like competition is you really are on your own after you make your time on television and people are going to remember you for that. But it's like the true fans who I'm only really interested in the true fans who really want to get to know what you're doing after the show anyway. So it kind of, yeah. but it's what you make of it for yourself instead of like, because if you get into that mindset of like, Oh, I did really bad in this challenge, this acting challenge. And therefore I'm a bad actress and I can't do drag ever again because I didn't check off this list. It, really like can handicap you and I definitely feel like I've been in that mindset but you have to like put out something you believe in and make content for yourself because honestly it's a competition that you're competing yeah. with while other queens and I think know. it's been well first of all you did not do badly either time you were on one of those shows <laughs> I think that's important to know it's not like you were sent home first or second for sure I should uh, light by not holding a crown. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's been interesting, kind of, as Drag Race has continued, and you know, more queens have been kind of added to that, whatever you want to family, to see how many different things, directions people have taken it after. Because you know, you have people doing their own shows and movies and books and albums, and you know, it's it's really exciting to see kind of how many different avenues there are for, you know, drag performers and, you know, people who got their start on the same platform or not their start, but, you know, kind of got that boost. It's, it's cool to see so much originality and, you know, watching 
your show that you're putting out now, it really does feel like it's authentically kind of your brand of drag. Thank you. Yeah, I like to tie back to that. I just feel like you really need to like hone in on what makes you unique from your competitors or unique from the queen that's next to you. And like hone in on that, customize it, and present it in the way that you would want to see it. And like, I think that that's how people stay super interested because it's always going to be like what you see in your brain is going to be so unique than like what Dylan sees in their brain or Nicole's yeah. brain or Mike, you know? So it's just um, about finding what makes you different from the pack. I, yeah, that's, I lived up and I was, I was looking, it's crazy. It's been almost five years since you first were on Drag Race. It feels like it was like a year ago. I can't keep track of time anymore. What was, how, how, what were your expectations going into the show the first time and kind of how has it differed from what you kind of saw for yourself? Um, I don't really like, it's kind of crazy looking back at like season eight or just any, any memory I have when I was 21. I mean, it's, our early 20s are for growth and realization. <laughs> I mean, I can look back at myself. I mean, 26. Uh, oof, gross. I'm 27 now. But like, what? But <laughs> I can't even like relate to some of the things I felt when I was 26 or when I was 25, you know? So, how yeah. long ago at 21, I was just really learning so much about drag, learning so much about myself, and learning so much about show business. I think that my time my first time around is definitely like more of a learning experience and getting to know i had never been around that many drag queens in my life or gay people life like i only had one gay friend at that time and she was a trans woman who was doing my makeup every single time i was going on stage like that was pretty (laughs) much my only gay friend at that time so yeah um i don't know it's, it's a completely different person but i think that comes with everyone when they look back five years ago. And then, so when you came back to do All-Stars a couple years later, was that something that was a no-brainer for you, like an easy decision, or were you hesitant to come back? How was that kind of, how did that go for you? At the time of saying yes to All-Stars, I was fully, like, confident. Like, I was was like, let's do this. I'm so ready. My drag has evolved. And it's so crazy. Now I look back at that time, I'm just like, who the hell was this bitch? She was so confident. <laughs> like, I don't even think I'd be that confident going back in this time around. Like, if I were to go back, I would never go back, but like, I'm not in that headspace to ever okay. have that confidence again. So, because I never really want to put my like drag in, comp- in a competition setting. Like, I don't feel like it's super needed at this Yeah. Time. Well, I feel like it's, I think Drag Race is, you know, a really wonderful thing. And, you know, it's so exciting that that it's such a cultural moment and it's, you know, brought so much light to the whole world of drag. But it makes sense that once you are kind of at a certain point with your your art, essentially, that it's not like, it's not just like, I want to put on a, a wig and, you know, go compete in this challenge. It's like you're doing something that's your vision. Yeah, Not just also in the same vein, it's like my favorite television show. I think it's the most uh, yes. diverse show. I think it's like shows the most different kind of walks of life than any other competition show or television show out there. And uh, I don't know, I just, I respect the Jujubees and the Latrices <laughs> like every single time and like the it's it's a lot and it's it's a lot like not only financially and like physically but like mentally it really can like fuck you up putting at least for me putting myself in like competition with my friends yeah and when you go back for all-stars it's like all of a sudden it doesn't matter you know how many shows you're booking or how you know how much people are paying for your meet and greet or anything like that you're back in that environment where you're getting judged on the stage every week and i would imagine that's kind of a tough almost like a rude awakening after being like out there in the real world uh yeah yeah just putting your bag back in competition sense and all being on the same level like uh you just get used to doing things for yourself for sure and when you're 
being told by somebody else that your drag is something that you didn't see or envision or like you know that your fans think is completely different it's like it doesn't necessarily have the same impact yeah i want to bring it back to um the smalls world show that's coming out today you mentioned at the beginning when you were deciding to do the vegas show that you were excited to spend a full year with derek barry and we actually get to see him in this show what was what was the process with that was it just you know something fun to catch up or uh no derek is definitely someone who knows like a very specific unique side of my personality that i definitely try and like hide from others because i'm not super proud of it um i think that viewers have seen the worst of derek and i's like relationship and I think my time with Derek and where we are now, because I'm like, as again, I'm just a huge, huge, huge Derek Barry fan, Stan, I, <laughs> I love. And she loves me and I love that we can say that now. It gives me hope for like relationships that I regret or I showed that really ugly side of myself that it's not forever and mm-hmm. like, you can move on from it if two people have the same um, outlook on it. So my time with Derek is like super cute and I'm really excited for people to see it in the Smalls World show. Aww. <laughs> um, I hope it gives hope to others that like they can work on something that they don't necessarily have the best history with. If Naomi and Derek can do it, we can have peace in the Middle East. I know, I know it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell us a little more just about what we can expect from the second show that's coming out and, you know, just what it, what the vibe is like, I guess. So the vibe for the second show is for sure um, an escape from reality, but it's an escape from reality where I go to space and I'm just getting away from Earth. Who the hell wants to be on Earth dealing with this politically and economically and I mean as I said my emotions here but I absolutely realized in space I cannot escape my emotions and you'll see me kind of like go through it um when I first conceptualized this show I conceptualized it with the first show and it's Mm -hmm. interesting for the second show to have so much time pass since I conceptualized it because I'm like putting everything together and I'm like am I this person anymore? (laughs) 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 Or is there the growth that I'm really preaching about? Um, But I'm just really enjoying the Smalls World show because I get to work with my friends and I get to work with um, way more independence and it feels a lot more organic being emotional because I know Mm -hmm. it's going to come across the way that I want it to come across and... um, I think it's my shows honestly are for my fans and thank God I have them (laughs) (laughs) because thank God they support me um, telling my story through drag because that's honestly what I love doing best. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's exciting to see you kind of taking this step and still making it happen this year when, you know, people can't come out to the club or the theater or wherever and see you perform um, but speaking of that, what is kind of your goal or what do you want to do when things are back to normal, I guess? What's what's on the horizon? Uh, I'm def- definitely still taking it day by day. Um, but my goal, honestly, like, is to get back to a point where I'm, like, doing drag physically again. I absolutely miss, like, entertaining an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't really see that happening very near in the future. I know. (laughs) Bad for sure. I'm going to be doing like a Christmas tour with Plastique and Boss Events at the end of this year. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be my first time tour since uh, (laughs) the pandemic. Um, But I'm through this process and like doing all the mood boards and doing all of the meetings and working with my team, I really enjoy like creative directing and really enjoy art directing and making pretty much what I've enjoyed doing since day one in drag is just fully conceptualizing a story 
or from my imagination because my thoughts are beautiful and the world needs to see them. Yes, and I can tell everyone the Smalls World Show, the visuals are on point. Lots of looks, lots of sets. You know, it's it's a fun time for sure. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> There's a lot of drag shows out there. So it's like, how can we, how can we keep people guessing and um, yeah, make the Instagram hoes come to life still. <laughs> Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everyone where they can check out part two of the Smalls World Show. Yes, you can log on to www.naomismallsda.com backslash show, and you can check out Smalls World Show volume one, and also get your tickets for today, hot off the press, to the Smalls World Show Experience 2.0, A Journey into Space featuring Naomi Smalls herself. <laughs> we, we love the promo. <laughs> Naomi, thanks again so much. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me, Dylan. Bye, Betches. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to at Betches. And you can follow me at Dylan Hafer on Instagram. And we will be back next week. Batches.